Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of I'm a Pole Dancer, a pole podcast by pole dancers for pole dancers and the curious. I am your host, Sari the Scary Fairy, and today I have Dr. Emily Rausch on the other end of the line with me. Hello! Hello! How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on here. No, thank you. I'm so excited we finally have someone in the medical field to actually talk all things body, adi, adi. Like, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm excited to be here. I um, understand firsthand how much of a struggle it can be to find medical providers that understand what we put our bodies through. Oh my God. Yes. But so. we, before we get into that, why don't you tell our listeners who you are? You can brag as much as you want. Like, the floor is yours. Who are you as a pole dancer or a medical professional? Whatever you want them to know. Okay, cool. So uh, my name's Emily Rausch. I am a sports medicine chiropractor. I live in Boise, Idaho. I specialize in treating pole and aerial artists. It's like my little niche of the sports world. And I know it's kind of contentious to call pole a sport or an art, um, but the movement world, let's say that. I treat out of a pole studio, so I get to like both dance there and work with um, the athletes, the artists that choose to do this for either a profession or for a hobby. So that's um, pretty fun. I've been pole dancing for a little over four years. Nice. And I like more of the like tricksy style of pole. I've been trying to get into the more like dancey side, but I don't really have a dance background I just like started doing aerial stuff as um like an older adult I guess and so I'm like trying to pick up that like fluid motion and it's I'm not quite there yet it's a struggle so like give me like big strong tricks and like I'm here for it hell yeah yeah it's it's a struggle I yeah I struggle with flow as well and that's something that I've only recently started exploring and I do have a little bit of a dance background so uh... (laughs) I love seeing how everybody has their different styles you know like everybody has like their different things like they're really good at and Mm -hmm. I'm trying to like let go of the comparison because like it doesn't do anybody any good but definitely the people that can like make it look like they have no bones when they move I'm like can I have that please god right right awesome so all right let's get into it sports medicine bodies where do we even begin uh, well, I guess I have a question from a listener who, where it might be a really good starting point. And okay. they ask, how many rest days per week are recommended? So for most of the stuff, the answer is going to be, it depends. And <laughs> yeah. that's super frustrating. And so I'm going to try to give um, like pretty generic advice, but just know that like it might vary for you as like the listener. Um like your body is different than another person's body. So like take everything that I say with like a little bit of a grain of salt, not as like black and white. I Mm -hmm. recommend for most of the dancers that I work with at least two, two rest days a week and ideally spaced out. Um, you, You can do like back to back, but like dancing for five days straight and then taking two days off and dancing for another five days straight is going to be a little bit harder on your Mm. body than if you were to go like one, two, take a rest day, do three, take a rest day. And then every, I would say like every quarter of the year, so every like three-ish months or so, take like multiple days off. Like if you can take a whole week off and just let Mm -hmm. your body like completely recuperate, which I know is going to be hard for all of us because we're like, I can do this, I can do this, but just let your body recover, take some zen doesn't mean you have to be a couch potato for the full week, but, like, do other motions than what you normally do totally. in whatever aerial thing that you do. Yeah, I mean, isn't that so important, too? Like, I find personally sometimes if I take a full week off, um, I come back feeling way stronger. I mean, it depends on, like, when this week off is happening, but, yeah. Like, yes. It, that, that, that muscle recovery is so real. 
It definitely is. And I feel like a lot of people are scared to take a whole week off because they're mm. scared that they're going to lose like whatever they whatever they're working on, whether it's like strength, their flexibility or endurance. Yes. But like our body needs time to recover. And if you don't give it that, you're like just digging a deeper and deeper hole where like that rest week it kind of brings you back up to like a neutral starting point and we can move forward from there. Yeah, totally. What are some of the most common injuries that you see in pole dancers? Or aerial artists. Yeah, so it, I would say shoulders are the number one. Oh. And then um, it would be a toss-up between, like, a hamstring, mm. like, where you sit on your butts, or, like, hip flexor. Mm. But, like, hip is the second. Just, like, are you in the front of the hip or the back of the hip that we're dealing with? And then third probably would be low back. Yeah, yeah, this is all ringing. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Uh, I've, well, like every pole dancer I know has had at least one of those injuries. <laughs> yep, same. I've had all three myself, so like it's not super uncommon. Right. Unfortunately. So what are some good preventative measures that we can take to make sure that we take care of our bodies? I mean, rest days are important, but if we want to avoid injury, what are some other things that we can do? Or are there certain exercises that we should be focusing on? All that jazz. All that jazz, yeah. So I think the first thing that needs to be said is injury prevention is a myth. Like, there's no way to, like, 100% prevent an injury from happening. Otherwise, our, like, professional athletes, if you think of, like, the NFL or the NBA or WNBA, none of those athletes would ever be getting hurt if we could truly prevent injuries because those are, like, multi-billion dollar sporting events. And so if it was possible, like, those athletes would never be, ever be hurt. So what we can do is we can mitigate some of the risks that are associated with injuries. So I like to start with lifestyle things Mm. when I'm working with an athlete. So I feel like a lot of people are like, what supplement can I take? Like, should I tape myself? Should I go cupping? And it's like, okay, if you're not sleeping, nothing that I'm doing to you is going to help. (laughs) If you're not eating enough or eating the right, like kinds of calories, um, same thing. Like I could slap a bandaid on your injury, but like if your body doesn't have the fuel that it needs to like actually recover, like what are we doing? We're just fighting an uphill battle. So and sleep, eat. Those um, are such basic things too. It's just sleep. They and eat. Like, <laughs> and I feel like they're they're not like fun or sexy, right? So like there's so many cool things that exist for like in like injury prevention or like risk reduction. Right. Like it's cooler to like roll on a foam roller or buy one of those like pressure point balls than it is to be like, I'm going to go to bed at nine o'clock every single night because I'm training really hard and I need to get <laughs> nine hours of sleep. Like that's not super sexy, but like, yeah, let me like put some K tape on you and look like you're, you know, like a cool athlete. Like that seems cooler, but it's not really helping in the long run. Totally. And I mean, there's so many other benefits to just sleeping as well. Meaning right, I love sleeping. Know, I love sleeping too. Oh, it's so great. I'm a big advocate of taking naps through the day. Same, same, same. I'm like, if I don't get my nap, like I'm grumpy. I'm super grumpy. Let oh me sleep, God. please. Me too. Okay. So sleep, eating and getting like, eating. the right calories. Now I know diet is a whole thing and everyone, what. It, it different diets work for different people so there is no catch-all be-all for everyone right that's correct and I feel like t- nutrition diet is like a super sensitive topic yeah. in our world for a lot of different reasons um whether you like have access to the food where you live or whether you can afford super healthy foods and then like cultural um implications and then we just live in a world that like tends to push diets on us Mm -hmm. like we don't really talk about just like eating for like longevity and it's like oh I'm on the keto diet I'm on the paleo diet um which like fuck diet culture for real yeah like I have I have a lot of issues with it but most of the people that I interact with um identify as female athletes and they're under fueling they're like significantly under fueling for how active they Mm -hmm. are so we have to Mm -hmm. like start there to be like okay um and there's some equations that like you can type in like your height and your weight and your age and it'll give you like a basal metabolic rate so like the minimal amount of calories that you need to eat to just basically be alive like you're in a coma like not moving and then you add on 
more calories for how active you are. Because ah. if you have like a super active day, like let's say you're like a construction worker and then you choose to go pole dance, you're going to need to eat more than someone that sits at a desk for eight hours of, during the day and then goes to pole. So you have right. to like kind of kind of vary. But I feel like a lot of people, especially women, have a tendency to significantly undereat. And then they're like, oh, why am I so tired? Like, why am I having to have so much coffee? Or, like, why am I jittery? Or why am I taking, like, eight months to recover from an injury that should have taken, like, three days? Right. And we're not putting fuel into our body. Like, it can't fix itself. It's just trying to stay alive. Yeah. So what sorts of fuel do we need for our bodies to work out? We need all of the food groups. All of them. Um, all of them with like I'm gonna say an asterisk because there's like some medical conditions that like maybe you shouldn't be eating um other like you know if you're diabetic maybe you should be eating a lot of like super sugary foods or if you have epilepsy they have a tendency to put you on a keto diet to try to manage um seizures so like talk to someone for your own like specific health body that you have going on but you need carbs you need fat you need protein yes you need you need them all um especially as active humans athletes like your your muscle uses carbs for fuel your brain uses carbs for fuel so like please eat your carbs yes have that bowl of pasta hell yeah yes please (laughs) (laughs) so once we've slept properly and we've eaten properly our body's feeling good what are some other things from there Uh, because those are the foundational building blocks of injury mitigation yes so there's a few there's a few more that i recommend so like make sure you're drinking water oh yeah um right i feel like we have like a tendency to drink a lot of like coffee energy drinks pop those kind of things but like you need water and a lot of people really hate the flavor of water which i don't really understand because it doesn't taste like anything um so if you're one of those people uh get the little like liquid drops that you can like turn into like kool-aid or whatever and like don't make it be like Kool-Aid like you were when you were a kid, but like give it some flavor so you actually drink water. Um, stress management is huge. So oh. if you are going through um, some, some shit, just know that that's going to impact your performance and then your ability to recover from training. Absolutely. Um, and then the final one is my like favorite horse to be on is that we need to move our bodies in more than just the ways that we do at pole. That kind of leads into my uh, another listener's question was, do you think that we need to cross-train or weightlifting for pole and aerial? So do, do we need that cross-training? Uh, I'm going to very strongly say yes. Okay, all right. And there's, there's probably going to be people that disagree with me, but um, we, can, we can discuss that if you disagree with me. Like, hit me up on Instagram. I love having conversations with people. Um, so overuse injuries exist, right? And I feel like in the pole and aerial world, we have a tendency to become like a little bit obsessive about trying to achieve something. Oh, so God, yes. if you're trying to like invert or shoulder mount or like whatever your big trick is, the thought process is like, I'm going to go to like open studio and I'm just going to do it like again and again and again and again. And yes, we need reps to like actually be good at something, but our like joints and muscles and tendons like need to be loaded in more than just one like repetitive load like position, right? So mm-hmm. um, most of the people that I work with are do just like a general strength and conditioning program um, outside, and it doesn't have to be anything super fancy. It can be like we can make it really super fancy if you <laughs> want to be, but. Um, <laughs> just moving our joints through like their entire range of motion that we have available to us okay. on a daily basis, ideally more than once will like night and day change, not only like how you feel while you pull, but your like risk of injury going forward. Oh, okay. Interesting. So it doesn't have to be something crazy fancy like weight lifting or training. It, it can just be like little strengthening exercises that you do at home. Just something yeah. different. Something different. And then I have a tendency to be biased towards strength strength and conditioning because there's a lot of benefits beyond just pole, like health. So like bone health, mm-hmm. muscle health. Mm-hmm. I don't think any one of us wants to sign up to be the old person that's like hunched over, the, like the shopping cart that can like barely walk or right. that, you know, lifting up a gallon of milk is super challenging. And so like your lifestyle as you age just ends up getting like shrunken because you don't have the strength. 
Right. And the way to, I think to build in those habits is to start now, like start when we're younger, like get ourselves um, strong and then just continue having that strength. Like we're going to lose some strength as we age, but mm-hmm. if we're building that like habit of strength and conditioning, like maybe we won't have osteoporosis when we're in our like sixties and seventies. Yes. And so we won't like fracture our hip and end up in a nursing home mm. earlier than we want to. Absolutely. Yeah, um, no. And strengthening is so important. I find like my, in my experience, um, uh, years and years ago, I dislocated my kneecap and that is not a fun injury not related literally but i'm i'm i was predispositioned to have that happen because i have naturally loose slash flexible kneecaps which was kind of weird and funny um but because of that they're like okay well you need to strengthen the heck out of your quads and that just like keeps a kneecap in place that's just my experience might not work for everyone else but like yeah totally strengthening will help with a lot of things (laughs) and then if you also think of like the dynamic load that we're putting through our bodies so like it um like a phoenix spin right so when you're running and you're like blowing your butt up in the air how many like pounds of force are going through your shoulder like as you're going all the way up right more than your body weight right so if you're not training your shoulder to handle that load on a regular basis right it, it doesn't take very many for the tissues in your shoulder to, like, get unhappy. Um, no. So, <laughs> like, let's, I don't know, I'm more of a, like, let's not wait until we're hurt. Like, let's take the steps now so that we don't end up injured because I don't think there's anyone in the world that's like, I would like to be injured and, like, fight my way back from it. Right. Now, do you actually have a tendency to see aerialists who are already injured or do you get aerialists who come in who aren't injured but are just like, hey, I just want to make sure that I'm doing things right or we're on the right track here? Um, the second is my like dream practice, like not having people come in when they're like already hurt. Because it's not fun to be in pain, right? Like I've no. been injured. You're not your like normal self. You're, everybody's kind of a dick when they're in pain. Yeah. Um, and then it's, it's kind of exhausting a little bit as the provider to like deal with people that are unhappy uh. all the time, right? Which I'm like more than happy to help you if you are in pain. I'm not trying to be like, oh, I don't want to deal with it. But just the like my own like mental sanity to have like my career last a long time and not be burnt out. Um, right. I would like to help people before they are injured but I do see right now I, I see a full like 50 50 okay in my practice so okay so then you, you would recommend people to just go into their chiropractor or their um physiotherapist just as like a regular checkup like you would your doctor then just to make sure everything's in track and everything's aligned yeah just make sure like yeah everything's moving and grooving we all have our things that we're moving or that we've experience in the past right I don't think there's anyone that makes it to like their 20s without having some sort of injury (laughs) (laughs) you know within like 20s to 30s 30s to 40s so if you can have someone assess your body and just be like okay we know what you're asking your body to do we know where your current limitations are like why are like let's here's a plan to work to like kind of bridge that gap between where you are currently and where you want to be right right I had another question from a listener. This is a very specific one. And she was wondering if you had any stretching tips for people born with knee hypertension without hurting their knees all the time. Knee, like their quads are tight? I don't know what knee hypertension is. I'm not sure knee hypertension. Uh, I don't know. Because hypertension is high blood pressure is what that word actually oh you're you're oh I wonder if if she if it's hyperextended instead oh hyperextended that makes that more would sense. make okay. way more sense okay so for me hyperextension let's hyperextend. go with that. okay cool that was like a funny little squirrel moment I'm like oh gosh is there something in the medical world that I don't know no about? and I'm just reading this right off my phone so I'm like wait what I love autocorrect this makes words be like that's not what I typed at all yeah but okay thank you um, yeah, so if you have knees that hyperextend, um, I would recommend that we don't hyperextend them all the time and that we use our leg muscles to find where that neutral point is. Right. And then I'm going to say the opposite for your elbows. Your leg muscles are bigger than your arm muscles, right? So yeah. 
um, not hyperextending your elbows. So if you're thinking of a handstand and you like, obviously you have to lock your elbows out to get into that position, trying to, if you hyperextend your elbows, trying to find that neutral is going to exhaust your arms so much more like quickly than if you're like, okay, I know I hyperextend my knees, but if I like slightly, like don't lock it out all the way, like slightly bend it, I can have my quads and my hamstrings like hold my knee in that position. Okay. So when stretching, that's okay to have a little micro bend in there just to make sure that you're not locking it. But yeah, I, I have those hyperextended elbows, so <laughs> I gotta so lock many them. people do. That's like an yeah. super interesting thing because people that are more on the bendy spectrum tend to go towards more like bendy sports, but then they don't always know how to control their like available range of motion mm-hmm. in there. Right? It's like, oh, I can go into the over splits, or I can like put myself in these weird positions um but they're really just like hanging out on their like joints and ligaments and like don't have the strength to actually be in those positions right so you should be also working on your active flexibility at the same time as your passive flexibility yes you're you're super bendy i mean i know there's some pole dancers who are crazy bendy and they can just like bend their way into an iron x or a deadlift but that's not going to mean anything until one day, like, what if you've got to do something else? Like, you got to be able to support yourself, right? It's like that whole, yeah. you're loading your joints, but they got to be strong. <laughs> they do. Yeah, which is one of the actual perks of um, strength training. So, like, mm-hmm. kind of, like, to circle it all the way back is that if you are adding resistance, and I'm a huge fan of weights, but it can be, like, bands. Mm-hmm. Um not just the flimsy bands, though, because we're stronger. Like, I've ripped the, like, flimsy bands. Don't tell me that's a- applying enough load to your body. <laughs> um, but if you strength train through your entire, like, um, range of motion, you actually increase your flexibility. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and what's the, the science behind that? I'm curious. Uh, a research article just came out about about it and I feel like a lot of dancers don't like to strength train because they're like oh it's going to make me stiff or it's going to make me bulky but if you strengthen your muscles in the like every range that your joint has right so we have a tendency as humans to be strong in like the middle range of our available range of motion Mm -hmm. so like if you think of your shoulders right like you're at like your desk and then like maybe you're reaching up to like grab something out of a cupboard like that range of motion we're usually pretty strong in but if we get out of that little arc then yeah. we have a tendency to be a little bit weaker. But if you strength train in the the entire range of motion that you have available, then you're able to control your joints and then you get stronger and more flexible. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's interesting, too. I have some friends who are contortion training, and that was an interesting comment from them where they say, oh, you think that a lot of contortionists are just naturally bendy people from birth, but really a lot of it is strength. And mm-hmm. having that active flexibility and being able to actively bend into those moves, it's, it's really not natural. Like some of it can be natural flexibility, but they've had to work their asses off to get their ass on their head, literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've never done contortion training, but that was a question that I had for people that like do contortion. Cause mm. to me, like watching it, it looks like they just kind of like plop into that position. Right. Like it's not yeah. like they're like flippity floppity everywhere, but it doesn't look like it, it takes that much strength if you don't know what you're doing. Right. You're just like, okay, cool. You must be like super hypermobile and you just like sat your ass on your head. Like, okay, cool. But same thing. They were like, no, do you know like how hard I am working, like trying to get into that position? So. Yeah, it's fun. It's fine. Like I'm working on getting a chest stand right now. And I've gone through the progressions of just doing like cobras, forearm stands, and like working the back bend, and like it, yeah. And as I'm doing my little drills to prep myself into a chest stand, oh my god, you there's so many muscles in your back you have to activate just to get your foot off the wall. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and. The amount of, um, like, nervous system control, right, like, to be able to, like, mm-hmm. not panic when you're getting into that position is, is something I'm really impressed by. It. I don't know if I'll ever contortion train, but I love watching videos of people doing it. Oh, my God, right? It's so, it's inspiring. Um, now, there was another question that you said you had a listener or someone submit, which was desk jobs. You work at a desk for eight hours, and then you go and pull, and wrists. Wrists, yeah, wrists can be um, finicky, little boogers oh, sometimes, yes. for sure. Yes. Um, 
So my recommendation for people that have, for like all their joints, but we'll stick with the wrist for this one, is to, once again, move your joints throughout their entire range of motion on a regular basis. So spend a few minutes every hour, every half an hour or so, um, just like doing wrist rolls and like going forwards and backwards, all the different directions Mm -hmm. that your wrists have uh, available to them. Because if you're just being in one position all day and then you ask your body like fairly quickly, right? So you spend eight hours in one position and then you drive to your pole studio and all of a sudden you're asking it to be in like its end range of extension for like, you know, multiple reps of whatever we're working on. It's going to be like, what the frickety frack are we doing? Like, (laughs) no, thank you. I'm not prepared for this. So two different things. One, move your body throughout the day, do a strengthening program. And you can even just have like, you know, like a TheraBand at your desk and like do little TheraBand exercises and then do a warm-up like actually do a warm-up before you train (laughs) I was curious about that with warm-ups before training because I know everyone everyone's body is different when it comes to warming up um I used to be a very cardio intensive person before while warming up before exercising and then I found I had another friend who did some very gentle stretches with some light cardio and I was like oh I really like this instead because I'm not exhausted before I train so what is is there a right way or to warm up or I should say is there a wrong way to warm up (laughs) might be an easier Um, question I feel like a little bit of both so I have been to quite a few different studios and it's really intriguing to see how um, different people like run their classes to warm up Um, your warm-up should make you warm So you should, like, actually be, like, warming up. So if your warm-up just consists of you, like, sitting on the floor doing static stretches, like, that's not a warm-up. Yeah. And unless, like, that's literally all you're going to do for the day is just static stretch. Like, it's just, like, your static stretch day, your flexibility training day. That's fine. But if you're just hanging out in positions and then you're going to ask your muscles and your joints once again to do, like, big dynamic moves – like your body doesn't like that, like one extreme to the other. So you, your warm up should prep you for whatever you're going to be doing for training that day. Right. So what about those high intensity cardio warm ups? I mean, I went to say this a lot. I went to musical theater school, and one of the things that our instructor had us do were these insane, and I'm not even joking, insane cardio warm ups, and to the point it was like four songs in a row. Oh gosh. And like one of them, you were running around in a circle, jump, run backwards, run, and just like all these different things. And you would be sweating, like sweating buckets by the end of the first song. And I'm like, that, that, you shouldn't be sweating buckets by the end of your warm up, right? Um, if you were going to be doing something that's like pretty high intensity, so if you were playing soccer, I would say yes. Okay. Like we need you to be sweating by the time that you go to take the field. Um, for pole dancing, honestly, like I really like jumping jacks. You could do mm-hmm. like kind of um, like a slower free, like start slower and then like gradually build up to like faster movements. But we just need something to like get your heart rate increase, the blood flowing to your muscles a little right. bit more. Tell your nervous system that you're ready to like do some things and then go into like dynamic movements that make sense for whatever you're training. Okay, cool. So, like, a little light warm-up, maybe some freestyle might be a good warm-up, too, hey? Yep. Nice. Yeah, I like freestyle warm-ups, and then follow up with, like, more like more specific, so, like, sh- like head rolls, shoulder rolls, like, getting into those more, like, extreme range of motions that we're going to put ourselves in, right? right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's, once again, we're not going from, like, oh, I, like, you know, just kind of, like, moved and grooved for, yeah. like, a three-minute song. And now, all of a sudden, I'm going to, like, climb up the pole and drop into my splits. <sighs> like, we need to, like, build up to that point. That's how you rip a hammy. Uh, yeah. Okay. How else can you rip a hammy? Or, I mean, I've um, <laughs> pulled a hammy. That was not fun. <laughs> no, hamstrings are rough. To, they're rough to, to rehab. Oh, like, you let's need them talk for about so hamstrings. Many things. Yeah, let's talk about hamstrings, because uh, this is a very, very common injury. I feel like half of the injuries I know of are hamstrings. Like, I've pulled a hamstring. I know someone else who's ripped one. I have no, like, yeah, and they take a long time to heal, right? They Yeah, they definitely can, because there's not a lot of, like, leg movements that don't 
involve it, right? So, like, walking involves it, like, going yeah. up your stairs, sitting on your butt. Um, oh, my God. Even sitting on your butt involves your hamstring. <laughs> yeah, like, you sit on your hamstring. So, yeah, it's, like, just constantly, like, getting irritated. So, if we could not have them be injured, like, that would... Which, like, no part of your body does anybody want to have injured, but a hamstring and a groin. Those are the two that I'm like, I would, if I could never experience either one of those, I will be very happy. Oh, for those of those probably baby pullers who don't have these injuries yet, like, what is, what is a ripped hamstring feel like? Or a pulled hamstring? I can describe a pulled one, but... Yeah, I, I say my pulled mine, I've never, like, straight ripped it. I've never... I can't imagine what, like, a ripped muscle would feel like. Oh, my God. Like, full – because you can, like, actually, like, take it off of your – where your, your bones that you sit on. Oh. Like, it can, like, completely disconnect. Ouch. I don't think it would really happen – it could happen in pole dancers, but sprinters, it's pretty common to have it, like, completely – like, sew it back on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> ah, that's just terrifying. Right. Well, <laughs> like, no, thank you. Actually ripped your hamstring, please send us a DM and we can – post your story during the uh, run of this episode. Like, I want to know all the injury stories. <laughs> um, so ham- hamstring stuff. Um, I feel like, what would I recommend for this? So making sure that your active and passive um, flexibility are as close to each other as they can. So active flexibility test for this is if you lay on your back and bring one leg like completely straight up towards your face. Yeah. How, how far can you like actively reach it up? And then passive would be to like wrap a yoga strap or a belt or something around your ankle and pull that leg towards your face. Mm. And if there's a huge difference, and for most people there is, yeah. Um, that is where your risk of injury is increased. Like we want those to be as close to each other as they uh, actually can be. And with that, I'm going to say a lot of times people are like, oh, my hamstrings are tight, so I'm going to stretch them. I'm going to stretch them. I'm going to stretch them. Most of the, I shouldn't say most of the time. A lot of the times, they're not tight. Like, they might feel tight, but they're tight because they're not as strong as they should be. So your body is holding tension there, but they really need to be strengthened oh, and not okay. stretched. So if you're one of those people that you're like, I'm trying to get my splits, and I've been, like, stretching and stretching and stretching, and I'm not getting anywhere, maybe try strengthening and then – you might get there. What can we do to strengthen those hammies? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> I, must be... there's like, there's a lot of different things with it. Um, I like deadlifts, Romanian deadlifts. Um, you can do some like hamstring sliders, Nordic curls. These are all like very specific exercises, um, that we can, I guess I do some YouTube video links to them. Yeah. Um, that are, Basically anything that you're, like, lengthening and shortening the back of your legs. Oh, okay. Will help strengthen it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, hamstrings. Oh, hamstrings. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know backs, well, shoulders. You are saying shoulders, and I re- noticed, too, recently, uh, you've been posting a lot about how to properly engage your shoulders when it yes. comes to pole dancing. So let's talk about that. How, how do we properly engage our shoulders when we yes. pole dance? So um, the, the cue shoulders down and back needs to die a fiery death. Oh, okay. Please, do tell. Please and thank you. Okay. Um, so this might be easier if you Google a video of it, but there's something called your scapula, scapulothoracic rhythm. So as you raise your arm up, your shoulder blade has to come with your, like, humerus, like the top of your arm, right? right. So it, it goes, like, pretty up. And if you tell people to bring their, like, shoulder blade down and back, which is the most common cue, you're going to, like, creak that down when naturally it wants to come up. And that's how people end up with, like, that pinchy sensation, oh, like, right where their arm okay. comes up. Because, your like, your shoulder blade needs to come up with your arm, and then if you're trying to have it, like, go back, all the little tiny structures in there get creaked and get irritated. Oh, okay. All right. So what is the better thing to do? So the better cue is one that I'm still trying to work on because I understand the sentiment behind the shoulder blades down and back because you don't want it to just be, like, flopping yeah, in the air. Yeah, you don't want to right? do the shoulder shrug thing and yes. that's not good. So <laughs> at, let your shoulder blade come up. And then 
think like you're going to twist a light bulb. So like externally rotate your arm. And that is what gives you that like sense of security, that oh. stacked position. Okay, so I'm going to try that. So my arms are up. And then you, wait. Um, so oh, elbow way? pit will come towards your ear. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. And it will feel weird. It does. If, if you're like, that's not what you're like normally doing. Um, but that is like the most secure position for your shoulder to be Easy. in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Your lats should not be doing the work. Because your lats internally rotate your shoulder. Mm-hmm. So let your middle and like lower trap do the, do the work. And you probably will be sore as you start to engage like this. Like the middle of your back will be sore, which will be a little bit different than what we've been experiencing. But right. your shoulder is also better. Absolutely. Okay, that is so cool. That That is something I'm going to start thinking about when I pole dance now. And I mean, I've been pole dancing like you for just about four years now and so a lot of it is just like automatic in my head of like oh this is what it gotta feels like but yeah 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 it's different definitely um and then other just for instructors because I actually went to a class this morning and oh. the instructor was like shoulders down and back and I'm like no <laughs> so my partner like no but I'm not gonna interrupt their class obviously like they're trying to do their job for um, sure. so instead of thinking moving from your shoulder blade think move more from your rib cage so if you're wanting to have like a pull sensation instead of thinking that you're like gonna bring your shoulders like down and back to like lift yourself up think you're gonna lift your chest so it's the same thing, but we're not messing with the, the shoulder position and having, um, like our shoulders are the most mobile joint in our body and the least stable. So like, we really don't want to compromise anything in them Absolutely. if we can So move your, move your rib cage move. instead of your shoulders. It sounds like move everything at this point, like move your body, get all that <laughs> range of motion going, strengthen yeah. it all. Um, do all the things. Do all the things. Okay, now this is something I'm, I'm curious about. Well, not really curious, but I feel like it's something, it's a sentiment that uh, people need to hear. Now, when your body is tired, uh, to rest day or not to rest day? To push through or not to push through? That is the question. So I am a huge fan of objective data because I feel like all of us can convince ourselves that we're ready to train or that we want to train, right? Um, The cute or the like phrase, listen to your body is thrown around, but most um, athletes, active people have been taught to not listen to their body for years, especially if you've been an athlete since like a young age. It's a like no, I have to go to practice today. It doesn't matter if I feel like I'm ready for it or we have a recital coming up. So like we have to train. Um, But there's like a random thing on TikTok going around where it's like, whether it takes us two hours or four, we're going to run it until we get it right. I think it's from dance. (laughs) Yeah. That reminds me of my musical theater days, but yeah, like in music, in my school, like there would be some days where I did six hours of dancing in a day. And there'd be other, like, and we would have some form of dance for five days a week. And then if we were doing a show, you would be dancing every single day. No rest days, just brutal. And they just taught you to get over it and get up on your feet and do it again, which obviously I don't think is very good for you. Um, (laughs) So yeah, so what what does the objective data say? Tell us in your professional opinion. (laughs) Yeah, so there are... Um, a variety of different, like there's apps, there's bracelets, there's rings that, that you can wear that will track how you are recovering day to day. So you can take a little bit of that, like, eh, do I want to train or not out of it? Or like, should I train or not out of it? Um, I'm not a huge fan of bracelets and rings myself. Like I'm not a huge jewelry fan. So I just have an app on my phone and it's called HRV for training. Mm. The first thing I do when I wake up, is I open it up and I just put my fingers on my camera lens and it checks my pulse for a minute. And then I answer like, I think there's like 10 different questions. And it's like, what time did you go to bed? How did you sleep? Are you sore? How hard did you train yesterday? And it will give me a color and a number. And then you want the number to be higher and you want the color to be green. So it's like green, yellow, red. And then Mm. I don't know what the number scale is, but it gives me like both a number and a color. So I can be like, okay, like, should I train today? Like according to my like actual physiology. And there's some days where I'm still like, fuck you app. I'm doing what I want. But other, other days where I'm like, okay, like I feel like I'm tired. 
but you know, like, eh, I could train. And then I checked that in the morning and it was like, no, like you're not recovered from everything that you have going on in your life. Like today is a day that if I'm going to train, I'm not, I'm not going to train hard. Right. Right. Which is, nice. yeah, been actually like life changing. Cause I'm definitely one of those people that I'm like, you can oh, go harder, right? <laughs> like you can too. always push yourself harder. Yeah. No, coming, coming from that program where I was, you know, dancing my ass off all the time and them telling you, you need to dance through injuries. Like, that, that was, for me personally, just engraved into my brain of, like, it doesn't matter how you feel. You've got to go, 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 go. And it wasn't until I started going to the pole studio that I realized, like, oh, no, I actually don't need to go, 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 go. And, yeah. like, I had some friends, you know, if I, like, pulled something just a little bit, and it was, but it wasn't, like, severe or anything, they'd be like, take three, four days off, let that, just recover, and I'm like, who are you, and what is, what is going on, um, but that's the other thing, too, is if something is hurting, now, first of all, obviously, go get it checked out if you're really concerned about it, but if something is hurting, uh, say, for example, like, let's say you slept funny, and your neck is really sore, um, to train or not to train or maybe you like avoid shoulder mounts <laughs> um so I, two comments on this one if your body is getting super sore from sleeping I'm gonna wonder what else is going on because uh. sleep should be super restorative which is I've had actually had a patient recently where I'm like if sleep is harming your body like we need to have a conversation about what is going on with your body and how things are going because you shouldn't wake up sore from sleeping like sleeping should be the easiest thing that you put your body through right so um obviously it happens sometimes but I would be curious how your like overall like joint and muscle health is going if sleep is causing you to have a crook in your neck um I would say if you can't move your whatever body part so pick a body part through normal range of motion without pain I wouldn't train that day mm-hmm. yeah because like you know we're, we're like just looking up and down if that's painful what is adding more stress to that going to do mm-hmm. and then in, in the long run like is that one hour class or that one hour training session worth having to take like multiple days off because it ends up doing more good than bad well, exactly that's the whole argument there is is it worth taking like a couple days off of pole versus pushing through and then injuring yourself further. And then oh, all of a sudden you have to take like a week off or two weeks off. Like, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> which my, so my, there's like two different things with this movement can help a lot of things like movement is medicine and can help a bunch of stuff. But mm. a lot of the things that we do in pole is like pretty strenuous, right? Yeah. Like, things. So, um, if you're one of those people that can show up to a studio knowing that you have like something that's not feeling the greatest and go through like really gentle movements and you're not the type of person that's going to show up and be like, eh, actually, like, <laughs> let's just see how it feels. <laughs> I'm not one of those people. Once I get to the studio, I have like no self-control. <laughs> like, I'm like, it's going to be an easy training day, aerial shoulder mounts. I'm like, how did I get here? Self? No, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you're one of those, like, if you're one of those people like me then don't put yourself in a position where you know you can, like, push yourself too hard. So, like, maybe mm-hmm. stay home and, like, do a yoga class or do some sort of, like, less strenuous motion. You don't have to just become a, a couch potato. Right. By any means. Yeah. Right. Awesome. I feel like we've touched on a lot of the points there. Was there anything else that you wanted to say or, like, any last piece of advice for aerialists out there? Um, yeah, I think the only other topic that I had, um, on my mind was us chatting about how it can be quite challenging to find doctors that can help us. Oh, yes, yes, because there are so many doctors out there who are just like, well, just don't do that. Yes. And you're like, Which is the worst medical (laughs) advice in the world, (laughs) I mean, yeah, no, when you go to a doctor and you're like, I'm a pole dancer. And they're like, okay, well then just don't do that if it's hurting you. But you're like, but no, I like it. (laughs) But yes. Um, So there, most sports, I'm going to call pole dancing a sport for a moment. There is a lot of research on, there's a lot of um, 
resources for providers to be able to help athletes in those sports. I literally have an app on my phone on how to assess a baseball player that I literally just like click, like, can they do this? Yes, no. And then it tells me the things that I need to, to do to help them. That doesn't exist for pole dancers or aerial aerial artists in any way, shape or form. It's on my to-do list to develop, but we're, we'll, we'll get there someday. Yes. So if you're having something that doesn't, feel good in your body one my first recommendation would go be to go to someone that specializes in working with athletes Mm. most likely they're not going to tell you just don't do that because they're used to working with people that like this is a part of their identity and they they get it versus if you go to someone that like doesn't specialize in working with athletes a lot of times they're like why would you do that like I don't understand why you would put your body through that so like just don't right so you're you're less likely to get that from someone that specializes in athletes and then go in with the understanding that most likely they're not going to really get what you're doing so come prepared Mm with videos um if you which like hurts my heart to have to say this but if you could take a video with yourself with more clothes on if it's possible to do the move then you can like kind of circumvent that like weird vibe of having your doctor look at you in Mm minimal clothing if it's something that you're worried about there are some judgy people that are doctors out there so yeah which breaks my heart um but unless you're comfortable like showing them pictures of you and your pole wear then like go for it but if they can have a video they can watch you do the move and then figure out where you're like putting your body what muscles what joints are being stressed right and are going to be more likely to be able to give you like exercises and treatments that will help that area versus if you just walked into a doctor and you're like yeah it hurts when I do a fongy they're gonna be like what's a fongy <laughs> and don't do and, that <laughs> yeah and like I don't even know how I would describe a fongy in words I had to be like here's a video yeah but watching a video of a random person on the internet do it versus watching you do it those are going to be two different things. Yes. Um, and then the other, I don't know, like kind of fun thing that exists is there's um, a network. It's called iAdams. It's like International Dance Medicine Association. Oh, okay. So you can look up providers on that website that they have a tendency to work in like dance medicine and like dance and circus aerial, or aerial arts are obviously different, but like similar enough that they'll like understand more of like what you're trying to do. Yeah. Like going into just some random Joe, Joe small off the street. Awesome. Amazing. Well, I, we're going to have to put some of those resources up as well. And like, maybe we'll ask our listeners where in their areas are good uh, sports doctors or dance doctors. I know here yeah. in, in Vancouver, uh, movement lab is a really, really good place for dancers. They work with pole dancers specifically. So Oh, nice. Here in Vancouver, hit up Movement Lab. <laughs> but yeah, let's, uh, we can get a list together. That'd be really awesome. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, sweet. Well, was there anything else that you wanted to touch on? Because I feel like we could probably transition into that game where you can um, guess what something's called. <laughs> no, yeah, I definitely would. I'm excited for this. The only other thing that, like, I'm just going like, to shout myself out a little bit. So yeah. I share a lot of health information on my Instagram that's, like, geared towards aerial and pole dancers. And so if you're like, eh, you said a lot of words, but I'm more of, like, a reader person or what other thoughts, um, just follow me on Instagram. And if you have, like, specific – I can't diagnose or treat you via Instagram message, but I can do, like, very broad – questions yeah so send me a message and I can develop some content about any other questions that y'all have amazing and what is your Instagram um it is Dr. Emily Rouse so dr. dot e-m-i-l-y-r-a-u-s-c-h perfect and I'll be sure to put that in the show notes as well if uh you need to read that <laughs> thank you awesome okay all right so now speaking of like telling a doctor, hey, I'm going to do a fonji and not knowing what the hell it is, uh, we're going to do the opposite with you and send you a photo of a move and you have to guess what it is. So okay. we're going to play guess that pole move. Um, so is it okay if I send you this photo via Instagram? Yep. 
Awesome. So what I'll do is I'll send you this photo via Instagram, and then I will mute myself so you can't hear me, and I will tell okay. the audience what the trick is called. So if they want to pause and take a look at it on Instagram ahead of time, they can. And uh, okay. when I'm back, I will have you describe it and guess what it's called. Okay, cool. Okay, okay I'll be right back. Mute. All right, so I'm sending Dr. Emily a move called Max Split. If you want to find that on Instagram, look it up via hashtag PDMaxSplit. Again, that's hashtag PDMaxSplit. All right, I just sent you this trick. Okay. Ooh, okay. So we have a lovely human doing, uh-huh. it looks like, like almost like a, a Aisha or handspring. I don't know what the difference is. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but the <laughs> bottom arm is in like a football grip, and then the top arm is in an elbow grip. But the person is grabbing the like backside of their knee, like right where their knee would bend. Yeah. Um. So they're inverted, and I'm gonna have to try this. Oh my gosh, it looks fun. It's, it looks like it might be a little bit hard. It's fun, but it's it's tricky to get into. I can see that being being tricky to, to get into. I have no idea what it's called. I don't feel like I don't know what any pole move is called because everybody calls things like 8,000 things. That is so but... true. What would, what would you name this? Um, oh, gosh. I want to say like a football grip Aisha, but that's not very accurate. So... A mystery move. A mystery move. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is actually called Max Split. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. It's it's kind of a funky one, and it's a little bit um weird to get into. I, I personally found getting into it via an outside leg hang was best for me. I think okay. that's how I did it. But, yeah, there's a lot of body parts moving around and shifting and getting into the right position. It's, you know, it's a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it looks like it definitely could be one where, like, if you don't have the right balance between everything, that you're like, oh, and timber, let's uh, try exactly. again. Exactly, timber, incoming pole dancer. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so, so much for joining me on the show this week and uh, giving your advice and talking all about the body with pole dancers and how it relates to us. I feel like we don't really get a lot of that in this community, so it's really, really great to have that. And uh, before I let you go, what are you? I'm a pole dancer! Yay! (laughs) Hey, friendships. I've got something really exciting to share with you. Are you looking for a new pole outfit? What about a new pair of pleasers? Well... I'm really happy to say that listeners of this podcast get a special 15% discount code when shopping with Xana Polware. You can find them on Instagram at Xana Polware, all one word, Xana spelled like X-A-N-A. When you're at the checkout, check out with the discount code PDPODCAST, just like when I do when we play our little game at the end of every episode. Again, that's PDPODCAST with Xana Polware. Happy shopping!